Welcome to episode 21 of the Worship is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship and relationship is the purpose of life. I'm your producer, Taylor Marshall, and today's guest is Phil Baker of Ministry Studies Online. And here's your host, Todd Marshall. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, I'm so excited to have one of my best friends in the house today. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get to him in just a few minutes. It's been a while since we released an it's episode. Been a minute, yes. Um, I've been a little busy. You've been really busy, <laughs> and we have not been able to uh, coordinate our calendars, but we're excited to uh, get uh, some great interviews out to you guys here. And, um, Speaking of being busy, Taylor, uh, we had a great night right here in our cul-de-sac last night. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, it was amazing. Couldn't have asked for a better turnout, a better night. Uh, It was our third annual concert in the cul-de-sac. So uh, it's something that we've done for the city of Woodbury, where we live in Minnesota. And it's for our neighbors and local friends and family. And we've done it three years in a row now. It's been way bigger every year. and we actually pretty much took over the cul-de-sac this year. We were right in the middle. So when you turn into our block, it was like you were facing this big like festival-looking setup. And it was just a ton of fun. Um, we had 80 people come out last year, and the goal was to break 100. And we think we hit like 150 Something last like night, that, yeah, which wow. was crazy. So much fun. Uh, lots of friends and family, lots of neighbors, lots of kids. There was a kid across the street. Who's, it was his fourth birthday, and he thought we were doing it all for his birthday, so we gave, we gave him a birthday shout-out, and just a ton of fun, good, family-friendly time together, and uh, what's cool is that was, like, stop number 10-ish on this uh, tour called the Better Off This Way Tour, and um, one of my favorite shows on the tour, and it was going to be the last night of tour, and it's just been going so well, as people have been finding out, we've booked, like, four or five more, wow. so we're not going to stop quite yet, mm-hmm. um, as the gigs keep coming, which is fun. Uh, and we will be releasing live music video versions of all 15 shows put together. So we've got footage from every show that we'll be recording. And we were just in Mankato on Wednesday and we're in Lakeville at a youth group, uh, in four days. And then we're in Iowa in 10 days and just kind of keeps going from there. So, yeah, it was such a wonderful night and, and really it's just, it's a great demonstration of, what we're talking about mm-hmm. every totally. every podcast, what we talk about when we talk worship is life and relationship being the purpose of life. We've lived in this cul-de-sac for seven and a half years now. We've built relationships mm-hmm. with these neighbors through the years um, and and now to see the the fruit of that and the progression of that. And even those who live right in our cul-de-sac mm-hmm. to see the development of that. And sometimes they're sitting, you know, kind of in their fenced in backyard, just mm-hmm. kind of listening over the fence, but now they're all in their, in their chairs, right in the cul-de-sac. Yeah, right and they're there. like, they're like, man, this guy's, this kid's good. <laughs> this is our neighbor. It is crazy. Cause I mean, connecting with your neighbors can be an intimidating thing. And it's like, so, it's like an easy thing, but a hard thing. And it's just something that can get lost in the weeds. And that's something we were challenged by the first couple of years we were here, like yeah. got to know a couple of people, but how can we how can we bless our community? And, and so, we were, and at that time we were renting, like we own the house true. now, but we were renting. And right. so there's, we kind of felt a little bit like the outsiders. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I've just learned through this process, like everybody's a person and there's this weird dynamic with neighbors. Like you say, hi, but that's it. And mm-hmm. there are people that are going through stuff and hurting. And we've had, we've had neighbors that we know from the show now, you know, in a better way that have lost family members and we've mm-hmm. been able to connect with them and yeah. pray for them and just seen a lot of fruit come from that and believe it's not over yet. There's more stories from our neighbors that I want to get to know in here, and it's a cool way to do that. So. Yeah. We just really ask God to help us live life like this, and mm-hmm. we are encouraging all of you to do the same. That's it. Yeah, and speaking of updates, just want to talk about some exciting things that have been happening with our ministry in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, so this summer, we raised $30,000 Crazy to... Um, let them buy a piece of property that sits right on the borderline of two Christian villages. And so that property has been closed on. It's going to be officially uh, registered with the uh, government here this week. And um, that little piece of property, and it is little, is going to have a small, modest building that is going to function as both an orphanage and a Christian school. And it is just going to be uh, 
no pun intended, breaking ground in that area of helping these folks bust out of their cycle of poverty mm-hmm. and also just allow them to maximize their potential there for growing God's kingdom. And it's crazy because we've been we've been on that actual property. We were on the property. We were standing there. They brought us when it was just a vision and a dream for them, and it sounded like a big, scary project to us. And they brought us out there to show us what the vision was, and we were there, took pictures and video, and saw the kids and saw the, like, comp- that was where the nasty water was. Like there was this just tiny pond and it was full of garbage. Mm. And they were like, yep, that's where they. Yeah. And we did water. a couple services right mm. in that, right in that village. Yeah. Crazy. So, um, it's pretty cool to be such a big part of something that's been personal experience for us. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And we have a lot of ministry experience with our friend who's in the room He actually currently lives in Springfield, Missouri, and he just happens to be in town. (laughs) Um, He's got family in town. He'll share a little bit about that. And so it's just worked out great for him to be sitting here Mm -hmm. in the studio. And uh, we're just going to start just talking about um, our relationships with each other. Um, And uh, so this is Phil Baker. Him and I met my second year at North Central, his first year at North Central. We were on the same floor, and mm. uh, we were both in, in the traveling choir together. Um, and he actually, uh, now I think about it, he's a big part of the story of how I met Brenda. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, you do blame me for your first date. That's true. <laughs> That's exactly true. We were, all three of us were supposed to go to... to the Sandy Patty concert. <laughs> concert. And he bails at the last second. Oh, I still... All in God's time. To this all day, think it was on purpose. Yeah. But right. uh, so it was, on, it was our first uh, unofficial day. What happened is, is Phil and I got asked to sing a duet in chapel. Mm-hmm. And this was Brenda's first year, which would have been my third year, your second year hmm. at North Central. And um, and she ended up being our piano player for the song. Oh, wow. So we did a lot of hanging out rehearsing what for this song. What song was that? I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, because of who you are. Because of Oh man, we actually wow. have an old black There's and white photograph of <laughs> yes, the three of us. That's, on. Right. That's, that's back in the day when the staff was still, faculty was still sitting, sitting on the platform. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh my goodness. And now Taylor, you've ministered on that platform many, many times. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's, that's right. crazy. It's always interesting well. watching the faculty because, you know, as chapel went on, there were certain <laughs> ones you could watch and they'd start to nod. <laughs> and, you know. oh, yeah. and back in the day, I was like the sound man for chapel. I was the oh, college wow. ministries director, which really? meant I was the sound man. And I and so I remember back then they didn't have wireless lapels; they were all wired. Oh yeah. So we could listen in to the conversations between the president and the guest speaker. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or listen, better yet, listen to them sing during worship. <laughs> we would just die laughing. That was good days. Oh, good days. Years ago at it's North crazy. Central wow. Bible College then. North right. Central so that means Phil and I have known each other for nearly forty years. Oh my goodness. Probably thirty-nine to oh, be you're, exact. You're old, dude. <laughs> I am old. I am old. That's crazy. Um, That was before either of us were married, before any Mm. of these kids of ours were even a glint in the eye. And um, yeah, so um, fast forward, um, Phil was youth pastoring out on Long Island, Mm -hmm. and we were in Wisconsin. And... um, (laughs) I still our, remember that. There was a pastoral change. Yep. At our, at our place. Well, oh, I, at, and your place too. Yes. So we had a new pastor coming in and I said, dude, <laughs> you got to get a music pastor. Cause I went there to just be youth pastor. Mm. That was the great thing. I was an associate pastor in Minnesota and you just did everything. And I was so excited to get to focus everything on youth ministry. But at the first staff meeting, <laughs> Pastor Forseth, the senior pastor at the time, looks at me and says, hey, Phil, you want to lead worship? And as I used to tell my students, well, at the first staff meeting, you always say yes. Right. You know? uh-huh. and, but they had like a 40-voice, 80-voice uh, choir, 40-piece orchestra, mm, and yes. suddenly now I'm leading worship too. <laughs> and really? I'm like, you got to find a, 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 you know, a, a music pastor. And he's like, well, I'm knocking on all the doors, but no one's answering. <laughs> and I said, I've got a friend. And he says, well, is he on staff at a church somewhere? I said, yeah. He says, well, then I can't call him. I said, well, I can because he's just a friend of mine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know that it part was, the The timing was perfect for yep. you, right? Yeah, because our pastor and youth pastor had just left and we didn't know what we were going to be doing next. We'd gotten lots of calls, but mm. nothing was 
clicking. We knew we weren't going to be staying there. And um, yeah, I just remember you called like mid or late morning when mm. I was in the office and I was driving home for lunch and my stomach was just doing flip-flops and I'm like, what mm. is this about? <laughs> and uh, yeah, crazy. a couple phone calls later, we were flying to New York <laughs> to, uh, to try right. out. Yeah. Oh my well, that's crazy. We, we came through, uh, now one of my best friends, Tyler Van Stocken and I, oh, right. we were driving, Beth and I were going to give our van to her sister because we went and visited them and they had like, you, you had to crawl out the back door, you know, and it was in the middle of the winter and the heater didn't work. And we just felt like, you know, our van's better than that. And we just felt together we should give it to him. So mm-hmm. Tyler and I were driving our van back to Minnesota. From New York. From New York. And we just happened to be going through Plover, Wisconsin. Yep. And it just happened to be the Easter program. Yep. And so we got to kind of step Easter in there. production. Yeah, 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 yeah. Program <laughs> with a capital P. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I got to take video of it, you know, and kind of check out the guy uh, in his natural habitat and cool. bring back the report yeah. to the pastor. And what I remember about wow. that is that we had a presentation that night. Mm-hmm. I think it was even Good Friday. It might have been Good Friday. And we went golfing that afternoon. Well, that's the crazy thing, because <laughs> oh, this guy, man. he's got this massive production that night, and I'm thinking he's going to be functioning like me. And me, <laughs> before a major thing, I'm like high stress. I'm like making, you know, and I'm sort of the last minute guy, because he plans so well in advance. <laughs> he's golfing just before this thing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That this is, is crazy. crazy. That's <laughs> unreal. Oh, right. yeah. so, he, so he gave a good report. Wow, Enough, and, um, and then yeah. and then you ended up bringing those productions to Long Island. Yep, yeah, in a did. big way. Yeah, we did, and we did it there fourteen years, mm. and they kept doing it after we left, and it kept on until COVID hit, and yeah. uh, now oh. it's been in hiatus a wow, couple wow. couple years during did you COVID. Just say you lived here for seven years already, seven and a half. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Time flies, dude. Oh man, yeah. yeah. It is pretty crazy. We're going to be grandparents before. Oh, wait, we are. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. That's right. That is hilarious. Ooh, Grandpa yeah. Todd. That's so nice. that means that uh, Phil has known Taylor since Taylor was two and a half, because that's how old Taylor yep. was when we moved to New York. Yep. So why don't you guys talk a little bit about your relationship? <laughs> yeah. And, well, you've always been Uncle Phil to me, yeah. and yeah. your uh, your son has been a lifelong best friend of mine. Mm. And uh, I just remember, yeah, I just remember him being like number one close friend growing up. And I remember sliding on the wood floor with our socks in your guys' <laughs> Long Island house and all the kids together being babysat. And, mm. and I remember a story where I was, uh, we were all at our house, your, your kids and us were at our house and the girls were just old enough to kind of babysit the younger ones. And you guys were all at a church event. And I don't know if you guys remember the story. Somebody was knocking on the door. And the girls weren't old enough to like want to answer the door, but they were old enough to kind of watch us. And so we're all hiding under the kitchen table, like somebody's <laughs> knocking on the door. But the thing is that like he wouldn't go away, and he was knocking for like five, ten minutes, oh and then like goodness. fifteen. And then we're like literally trying not to be seen. And then we literally can see somebody walking around the back of the house, like knocking on windows, oh peering in windows. And they're like, they have no idea. They called your wife, Beth. And she's like, I'm at the church. If you need me to come back, I can't I think she had it underway. And then by the time she got here, he was gone. But there was like a check in the mailbox. And I think it was um, somebody needed to give us or you guys like an immediate thing in person wow. didn't want to leave it in the mailbox <laughs> and it was a, like his name was Tyler or something I, okay. I forget who it was but oh. but anyways it was like one of the scariest things that we'd ever so just lots of stories with your kids and growing up and mm. and uh the whole thing so wow. so I mean we were only there together for four years which means Taylor was that's, only six and a half when you left now we did a lot of things right. together that's crazy I know mm-hmm. I know because we kept we've kept relationship and right, we've yeah. seen each other and and when you moved to Pennsylvania 
that was so fun for us because we'd come like once a yearish and yeah, stay yeah. at your guys' place. Well, and I still remember. There's two images of okay. Taylor that stick in my mind. One is standing behind you, Todd, when you were directing yep. one of those, you know, the Christmas production, Christmas, the very first one, two and a half years old, and half years and old. His little tux, and he's yeah. he's copying your. That's one image that sticks in my yeah, mind. The, the other one is song. when you guys came to visit us. The first time in Pennsylvania, uh-huh. because Josiah was so frustrated because he wasn't growing taller. <laughs> and how, oh. how, how how many years younger? Oh, boy. Are you? I'm years? 23 right now. Okay, so he turned 25. Yeah, right. It's almost. Two he's years. gonna. He's now 20. Wait, he's 26 now. He's 26. Wow. Okay. You're 23. Yeah. So three years three younger. Years. So they come to visit us. Here comes the marshals, <laughs> and jo- Josiah's like just you know complaining, Dad, I'm just not growing. I said, You grow, don't worry. You guys walk in, and Taylor is <laughs> taller than Josiah, and Josiah just looks at me and says, See, Dad, you know, <laughs> that is so crazy. Oh so my young. goodness. Oh, so, so we would have been. I mean, I don't know what ages that would have been, but probably like seven and ten or something well, like that. Well, if you were two and a half when you came, we left four years. So yeah. About seven wow. years old. That's yeah. crazy. We were we were in Pennsylvania for sixteen years. That's bonkers. Because I just feel wow. like I have a ton of Long Island memories with you guys, and mm-hmm. I do, but more Pennsylvania memories. Because we came to see you guys a lot, mm-hmm. and we'd go see mm-hmm. Sight and Sound in Lancaster. Yeah, stay with you guys yeah. and. Crazy. Great days, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great days. Truly. So, it's, Phil, just what's your, you know, as you've watched Taylor just grow and develop mm-hmm. and you've even had input into his life with relationships yeah, and stuff. And, it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's that been <laughs> like true. for you? Just watching, watching him grow up from both afar, but also the times you've been able to interact with him. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing. You know, I was, I was just at a friend's house, uh, in Springfield and they had some friends over. We had, we were coming over to see their new home. It's actually the new director of the ministry that I'm working with down there. And uh, they had another a missionary couple there, and their daughter is going into theater. Hmm. And I said a few things to her in the presence of her parents and us all about just guarding her heart as she walks into that that realm mm-hmm. of theater. And afterwards, uh, the director and his wife just said, "Oh, what you said to her was just so." So important, and her parents are going to be so thankful that you said that. <clears throat> I bring that up to say, we never know what kind of influence we're having. Mm-hmm. We always think about our own kids. Lord, help me parent well. Help me, you know, all that stuff. But we don't know, and we never really will know until mm-hmm. eternity, the mm-hmm. impact we have about uh, into their lives of those that are close to us mm-hmm. and those people that we're not we're not related in flesh and blood. But you call me Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that closeness there mm-hmm. that can really impact. And there it is again, relationship. Yeah. Yep. So there it is again. So um, <coughs> speaking of having a child in theater, mm-hmm. um, uh, I know you could talk a long time about your family. We want to mm-hmm. get to uh, a, a little bit uh, in a little bit here of um, the specific reason why we brought you in. Um, but yeah, just tell our listeners just yeah. a little bit about your family, where they're at, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We have four grown children now. Mm. Our oldest and our youngest, interestingly, uh, both went into medicine. So they're both yeah. PAs now. Crazy. And so conversations are always interesting when we're with them. In fact, on my way over <laughs> here, there was this family chat going around about something with the coronavirus vaccine and how it impacts pregnancy. And they're like oh. having this technical discussion on family chat. <laughs> and the rest of us are like, whatever, you know, but Josiah and, and, uh, and Rachel. That's amazing. Uh, and so they are both married <clears throat> one more, well, both quite recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so our youngest and our oldest, our oldest, uh, Rachel, next one, middle one is Essie, mm-hmm. middle daughter, that is, uh, Essie and Micah and our three grandbabies, mm-hmm. which, uh, my wife Beth Mimi is in heaven right now <laughs> with the three grandbabies. Oh, cool! They're uh, they're actually preparing to go to Northern Asia mm-hmm. and spend a life in, in heaven. Her- meaning she's just really enjoying her time with the grandkids oh, that's, right that's now. Right. Yeah, she's alive still. That's right. <laughs> 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 she's no longer with. No, she is with us. Oh my goodness! No, no, that's good in, clarification. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> she's in Mimi that. heaven. There we yeah. go. Loving being with the grandbabies. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
But it's just fun watching them as they're pursuing God's call in their life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just amazing to watch that. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is the theater person. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's had quite a ride already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went to North Central, like all of us Mm -hmm. in the room. I was there with Anna. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. were there at the same time. She, uh, well, I crammed four years of college into five (laughs) when I was there. (laughs) She did the same, but she got two degrees. She double majored. Yeah, she did. Music and theater. And so uh, then she went down to Florida to the Oslo Repertory Theater for actor training and got her (laughs) master's degree in theater. And Mm -hmm. now she's out in California pursuing, you know, who knows what (laughs) someday. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. So that's awesome, exciting. And Josiah, our youngest, he's a... he, he is the PA. He's recently married and yeah. we're heading out there at the end of the month, actually back to Pennsylvania. Oh. Uh, we got, we, we need to see there. They bought a townhouse Whoa. So, and they got a puppy. So now they're actual adults. Look at so that. Have, yeah. <laughs> when you have a dog and you give the dog a middle name, you know, there's issues. So <laughs> oh boy. Ginger Ava is a uh, golden doodle. Ginger Ava yeah. Baker. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 There. That's right. I'm the actual birth certificate. It's a grand puppy there. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So that's our kids and we're just loving watching them, you know, mm-hmm. take their own journeys and go on mm-hmm. their their journies and God's got good things in store for each Yeah, time. totally. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So Phil, you and I actually talk on the phone every Thursday at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been doing that for a while. And a big part of that is because uh, the Lord has led you to launch out in a way that we were kind of led and launched out mm-hmm. seven and a half, eight years ago. And um, so we've just committed to talking to each other um, as we just share insights um, in each other's journeys Mm -hmm. and just give helpful counsel to one another and support to one another um, and share each other experiences. Mm -hmm. And so so your ministry journey has led you to begin and then to grow this ministry. training ministry, online training ministry called Ministry Studies Online. So I would love to hear from you just your journey with the Lord Mm -hmm. in this process and how you have heard him, seen him lead you, and then just your passion in the purpose of this ministry um, and how you see that just so critical in, in people developing their relationship and, and their ability to help others uh, in relationships. So yeah, tell us about uh, your journey with Ministry mm. Studies Online. It's amazing how God leads our lives, right? Uh, you know, some people, when they're five, they know what they're going to do their whole life, you know? <laughs> All I knew is I didn't want to be a pastor, you know? <laughs> Whoops. Pastors were the ones that wore double-knit suits to the church picnic and didn't play softball, you know, <laughs> and said weird things like, blessings be upon you, you know? So I knew I didn't want to do that. Well, ended up being a pastor. Uh, I knew I couldn't be a youth pastor because I wasn't cool enough and I wasn't a, a sports, you know, enthusiast. So, uh, well, then I was a youth pastor for 17 years. And, mm-hmm. and then suddenly I get a call and... and before I know it, now I'm Professor Baker teaching at a university where I thought that can never happen. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, there's that, what is that? They call it the um, imposter <laughs> notion, mm-hmm. that, that sense that you feel like you're, you're an imposter uh, when you step into these positions. But God has always led my life into places that I would have never sought out, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I would never have have gone to Long Island. Like I would have never called Long Island and said, Hey, I want to be a youth pastor. I mean, Cloquet, Minnesota, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and yet God opens the door. And so we end up out there. So God leads our lives in these unique ways and, you know, teaching for 10 years at Valley Forge. Um, Mm -hmm. what an incredible experience, but recognizing there were some things that as people were pursuing the call of God in their lives, uh, that were misses for them, and one of those things was the incredible debt that some would get in, one would get into as they went mm. to school. And as you know, it happened to you. Uh, you're, you're at school and you look next to you and there's another cute debt sitting next to you and you get married. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've got two debts and now you've got a mortgage mm-hmm. with no house. And so we we're watching that happen. And the other thing was most of the youth ministry done in most of our churches is not done by full-time youth pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the rare thing to have a full-time youth pastor. And yet, uh, so many youth pastors are out there. They're they're volunteer. They're bivocational. They're part time. And when I did my master's degree, as I was a professor, uh, I, I discovered that 
in terms of what their training was, <clears throat> that they didn't have any training. They would go to a conference and they'd take, out a breakout, take a breakout session or something, but they didn't have the training they needed. And so I began to develop an online ministry training, specifically youth ministry, and we called it Youth Studies Online. I was tasked by the school leadership to not just be a uh, in-the-classroom person, but how can we be a regional resource? And that began to be the out the outflow of that. And we saw youth pastors in the region taking youth ministry classes that would never be able to leave their jobs, mm-hmm. leave their families, leave their mortgages, leave their 2.5 kids and a dog <laughs> and move to Valley Forge for four years to get training. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we saw that this online training w- just became a real resource for them. And when I left Valley Forge, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> when I left Valley Forge and, uh, to another role that I'd never done before, a missions pastor. When I came to GT Church in, in Reading, I said, there's a couple of things I still need to do. And one of them was that, uh, still be developing this. And the first thing Pastor Brian said to me, he said, well, why just youth ministry? Why not children's ministry and pastoral ministry and mich- missions? <laughs> and I said, well, let's do one thing right before we <laughs> step into all this stuff. And so we developed the youth track, and it was called Youth Studies Online. And then at one point, it just, it seems as though God puts something in your heart in a small way, and you think, oh, that'll be a nice thing, and it becomes a little part of your life. But then it just, it grows mm-hmm. in intensity to where you just, you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It keeps being there. And I kept waiting for someone else to do what we're doing that had more money, more connections, mm-hmm. more whatever, more smarts, you know, a better youth guy, whatever. And I just, it just never happened. No one seemed to be doing this for like 10 years. Mm. And so at one point I, I scaled back my involvement at the church a little bit, went to three quarter time and then gave a quarter of my time just to developing this program, which then became Ministry Studies Online. So Ministry Studies Online has a youth track, but it also has a kid men track, a pastoral track, and a missions track. And now uh, we got to the point where we said, we got to give our full time to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beth was teaching full time at a public school. Uh, I, was, I had the, what I say, the greatest job in the world, a missions pastor at a large church. I mean, you're just taking people all over the world and mm-hmm. giving away God's money, you know? Part-time travel agent, part-time Santa Claus. It was just awesome, you know. <laughs> and uh, but we need, we really sensed we had to give ourselves full time to this, and so we did that. Uh, a little over a year now, we took the leap of faith, and uh, man, at fifty-six and fifty-five were our ages then. So some people are kind of pulling over the side of the road and parking <laughs> in terms of their calling, and and we're just taking this leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and then I looked at. My good friend Todd Marshall, <laughs> who had done that similar thing a couple of years before. And so I said, we need to talk. And that's why we, we have that talk every, yep. one, every Thursday morning. And, uh, and just how does that work and what does that look like? And, and uh, you've encouraged me many times uh, that it's that trust in the Lord and he provides and he has. And mm-hmm. we're, now we're just living the dream, right? When you know that you're just absolutely spending your life mm-hmm. uh, doing what God has made you to do. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that thing. So so here we are. Yeah. And I want to mm-hmm. dig deeper into the specifics uh, of MSO um, and how that can help and the relational connections there. But so you've alluded to um, a little bit about what it looks like for you and what it sounds like for mm-hmm. you to hear from God. Um uh, but is because what I love our listeners to hear from our from our guest is because it's different for all of us. I mean, even mm-hmm. though there's so much similarities in relationships and so much similarities in relationship with God, it's still unique mm-hmm. for every person. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how could eight billion people have a unique way of relating with God? I don't know, but it happens because we're all unique. Um, and, and God's just that big. And, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, it, like, are you able to put into words? Um, even a little more specific of like, what's it like for you when you're either in those transition, big transition moments, mm. or even in your day to day, like, well, like what's it, what's it look like, sound like for you? Uh, what avenues does, or what ways does, does God use to, to get your attention or to, mm-hmm. yeah. What's that sound like for you? Yeah. People, you know, you hear the phrase, God told me, which always scares me <laughs> when people say that. 
And I've had conversations with people like, oh, what, what do you mean when you say God told you? You know, mm-hmm. um, I've always struggled saying that God told me to do this mm-hmm. because I've never heard the audible voice of God. Uh, and I, <laughs> I remember when we moved from Minnesota to Long Island, my wife looked at me and she said, because we were leaving everything familiar, yeah. family, location. I mean, Long Island is a foreign country if you live in Cloquet, mm-hmm. Minnesota. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, if you're 100% sure this is God, I'm I'm 100% with you. And I looked back and I said, that's not fair. <laughs> you know, we've been married for 15 years and I'm not sure 100% with that. You know? <laughs> so it's just that the way in which God has led me mm-hmm. has been there's this nudge and I think about it, but I think about all kinds of things. I'm mm-hmm. I'm like an idea guy, right? Mm. I, I just love vision and 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 Beth and I have had to learn that about each other because I always say, hey, we should do this. And what we learned about each other through some some of those great strength assessment stuff <laughs> is that I'm like a nine extrovert. She's a one introvert. Uh, I need to talk to think and she needs to think to talk. Mm-hmm. So I just need to say things and they're not real. Like we should buy a Taco John's, you know, I, you know so, she's like, what? You know, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not a good idea. You know, it's easy for me. But by the time she says something, she's actually thought it through. Mm. So if I treat her spoken thoughts <laughs> as my spoken thoughts, mm-hmm. I'm, I could be pretty dismissive, mm. right? Cause she's actually thought them through. I'm just thinking out loud. So, mm. so what I found is there's this nudge and I'm, I'm having these great ideas all the time, but but which ones are actually God? Mm. And those are the ones that seem to just keep coming back. Mm. You have that thought again and you act on it. You start to move forward. And and there's that sense of looking for the green lights, you know. And, you you know, before we had GPS, we'd depend on those signs on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're going up 35 from Missouri to Minnesota like we did uh, as we're coming up, it's not on the, uh, it's not on the road constantly. You know, you're on 35 North, you're on 35. No, you just, if you didn't have the GPS, you'd have to wait for one of those little signs that happen once in a while. And you're mm. like, okay, we are on the right mm. road. Yeah, that's good. And that's the kind of way that I've felt God lead me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but if I never step out, then I'll never mm-hmm. be able to see. Yeah. And the great, this is the great thing about serving God. Even if you make the wrong decision, if you're willing to move forward, mm-hmm. he can guide you. Mm-hmm. And you, you didn't lose. God never says, oh, fine, you did that and you really didn't know it was me. So now I'm going to curse you with something. You know, mm-hmm. God, that doesn't work that way. In fact, you see Paul do that, right? He tries to go somewhere in the book of Acts and it says the Holy Spirit stopped him. And he didn't just sit down and go, okay, I'm just going wait to wait to hear from God. No, then he tried to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it said the Spirit of Jesus forbade him. Now, I don't know what that looks like, mm-hmm. but they knew we're not supposed to go that way. Mm-hmm. After he really tried... And then he has this dream of the Macedonian calling, you know, the Macedonian call. And that's why Christianity <laughs> came to Europe and to us, you know. Mm. So so that's how God has seemed to lead me, that mm-hmm. I just try to move and then he affirms it. Mm. And so, you know, I, I always say, get all the information on the table when I'm talking to my kids, you know, when I'm talking to someone who's who's looking towards, is God asking you to do something? Let's get it on the table. Don't be afraid to have conversations, sometimes careful conversations, because I've also had friends that have told their senior pastor as a youth pastor, hey, I'm thinking about maybe, and the senior pastor says, you're done at the end of the month. You know, um, I've never had that. I've always had open conversations that I've been able to say, hey, I'm sensing this. Let's process this together. And so there's not for me, for some people, there's this moment they look to. And I know, Todd, that some of your story is that the, I, I, I picture some of your story that you were walking mm-hmm, up the stairs mm-hmm. and there was something that there God was spoke a moment, to you. Yeah. Um, I don't have quite those kinds of moments. It's more of a general increasing sense of direction. And then I move in that direction. And then there's then there's this confirmation here and there and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can, would concur that 99% of the time, mm-hmm. that's the way it is. With me too, of that 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 we call it a nudge, or we could call it a desire, mm-hmm. and then that desire begins to grow. Yes, like and it's it's like God's breathing on that. There has come to even to this, like for instance, we were, I was teaching at Valley Forge, and we were attending GT Church for ten years, 
and throughout that time, you know, Pastor Brian would meet with me and say, hey, if you're ever done down there at the school, we'd love to have you on staff. Um, but we never felt released. And then it got to a point where there was that sense. I remember driving home from church one day and saying to Beth, if, not, if I'm not on staff at GT in the next six months, I feel like I'm going to be out of God's will. Mm. It was that crescendoing yeah. sense that this is what you're to do. Mm. And, and I think God looks to us and says, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What, what is it that your heart's desire that I've created? Are you willing to take that step? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to just have us as robots. You know, he wants that relationship. Yeah. And, and, and as we come back to him every day, it's kind of like when we take our kids to some event, we only give them enough money <laughs> for lunch. We don't just give them 50 bucks and say, okay, have a great couple of days. We give them lunch money because we want them to come back, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I'm thinking of those fine arts events where mm-hmm. we give them something and they'd come back because we want relationship and to touch base again. And I feel like God gives us some direction and a nudge or a sense of direction or a desire, but then he wants us to come back and, and commune with him mm-hmm. and, and hear again from him, yes, that's where I want you to be, or yes, I want you to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to run into those things that we're like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. This is not a joyful moment, <laughs> right? Uh, I've had that experience. In fact, currently, uh, I'm helping out. Not only are we doing ministry studies online, but I'm also working with Africa's Hope um, as a, a director of development. So a good friend of mine was the director of this, executive director. And I went there to work with this guy. And like literally after I came on staff... Like a month and a half later, he announces that he's leaving. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and the first thing I thought was, God, what's going on? You know, I come to work with these great men and it just doesn't work out. And, and I felt like God challenged me. First, he said, well, maybe you, maybe you need to stop following men and start mm-hmm. following me. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, OK, good. slap in the face. Got that. But then as we talked more and more, how I realized I'm supposed to be there at this time. And my role now is is strategic there, much more than the new guy that didn't know anything. Now, I'm playing a st- strategic steering yeah. role in that. It's like when I went to GT Church a year later. Our senior pastor is in a in an accident mm. where an SUV drunk driver hits him head on on their motorcycle, and his wife's killed, and she, he loses his leg above the knee. And one of our now missionaries <clears throat> grew up in the church there. He looked at me and he said, "Phil, you know this is why you're here." Mm. See, we don't really know why God brings us somewhere. We just, we're just obedient. Mm. Um, and then we find out, oh, that's why you have me here. It's much more of a role than I would have ever thought. I came mm. to be the youth pastor at Smithtown. But <laughs> what God had for us there while we were there was very different and beyond what I thought. So that's the neat thing about God. He knows. And that's a great thing about serving him. He knows stuff that I never know. So if I just walk in obedience to what I feel like he's doing... He's going to surprise me with stuff that I would have never known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then he surrounds us with relationships with people mm-hmm. in a variety of different ways. But when you think about your MSO journey, yeah. um, what were some of the relational, what, who were some of the people, uh, some of the relationships that um, helped, mm-hmm. helped, uh, yeah, helped on the way? That has blown me away, Todd. Uh Taylor, you might not even know some of these people, but the people that are leaning into this are a constant affirmation of God's leading. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting with people who are willing to teach a course for us. Mm. A Dr. James Bradford. <laughs> That's all about relationships. Taylor's uncle, by uncle the way. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> uncle Taylor, you know, uh, Brenda's brother. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would this guy who's been the... Secretary of the Assemblies of God, mm-hmm. pastors, kind of the flagship church of the Assemblies of God. Why on earth, with all of his responsibilities, with all of his busyness, why would he do a class on theology and eschatology for for little old MSO? <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet, God has us sitting in his office talking, and he positively responds to doing that. And I'm currently right now video editing, and on September 20th, his wow. class goes live. Mm. Those kinds of relationships over and over and over again. Dr. John Easter, Dr. Steve Pennington, Dr. Ron Hall, Dr. Dave Dippold, these people. And then there's this guy named Todd Marshall who did a <laughs> class for us. Uh, you know, that, and when you capture it like that, then it can go all over the world, mm-hmm. you know. And the relationships are so broad. You yeah. know, I think of, you know, two of our students who graduated from our youth studies program. 
that live in Romania. They're wow. Romanian. That's cool. He already has a law degree. She has an education degree. But they took our because they were they were working with the missionaries that we were working with, and it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'd yeah. promote something in Romania. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need to take this. You know? <laughs> no, but yeah. it's through relationships that those things happen and that they're heard of. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the the accessibility is is crazy awesome with this. And speaking, yeah. And so speaking of accessibility, so yeah, tell our listeners yeah. Um, how you, why you tell people mm-hmm. that this is just a, that this is a great option. Mm-hmm. Well, there's three real strong commitments that we have with Ministry Studies Online and it's accessibility, affordability, and then academic excellence. Mm. And with those three things lining up, <clears throat> That's why I'm just not seeing it happen anywhere else. So the accessibility piece is that it's completely online. That's why we can have uh, students in Romania taking this. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time this really just hit me in the face was a New Testament studies class we had. And we had uh, these two in Romania. We had uh, like five in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania, this guy out in San Luis Obispo, California, and a young lady in Thessaloniki, Greece. Mm, no way. Studying Thessalonians, living wow. in Thessaloniki. That's and they're insane. all talking on the, on the discussion That's board. That's bonkers. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Hmm. So it's the whole world. So the accessibility is broad. And then mm-hmm. also, not just geographic accessibility, but even age. When we first started this, when I left Valley Forge and took this with me, and now it's all on me, the first person to apply for our program her name is Audine Harvey, Dr. Audine Harvey. She already had her doctorate in educational psychology, mm. but she had never taken any youth ministry, and she was the junior high youth pastor at mm. a large African-American church in Maryland. Mm-hmm. She was the first. The second one was a 17-year-old homeschooler in northern Vermont, mm. and these two went through the program together. So even the accessibility age-wise, we have a we have a 77-year-old saint down in California Whoa. that's taken like five classes, mm. and she's just rocking it, you know? And, <laughs> and so any, I mean, even from juniors in high school all the way up to 77 years old, you know, that's the cool. accessibility piece is huge. Anyone that has a, a access to online could take these classes. Mm-hmm. And there's people live in the bush in Kenya that on their phone, they can get online and yep. take these classes. Yeah, that's cool. So that's awesome. Uh, accessibility and then affordability. And that was a big thing for me. When I, as a missions pastor, as I watch missionaries come through, and I still remember this couple, uh, they were itinerating for their last term to go back. And they mentioned the name of a student that I knew from Valley Forge. And I said, oh, where are they? Because I knew she was a world missions major. And they kind of shook their head and they said, no, it'll be decades before they can go to the field because Mm. of their student debt. And Mm. then with tears in their eyes, they said, we could tell you that story 50 times Mm. just in our itineration of people that have sensed a call but gone into debt because of student loans and aren't able to fulfill their call. So the the affordability is a huge piece. So $99 a credit. I can look at any senior pastor and say, hey, you're a youth pastor (laughs) can have training for $99 a credit and they can get a a certification in ministry. So affordability is a big deal. It makes it a little harder because it takes a lot of students to, to make that Mm -hmm. make anything to be able to make it happen, Mm -hmm. but we're committed to that. So then there's academic excellence and we are, we see uh, this program as there's kind of two, two paths that come out of ministry studies online. One for people that are already in ministry. Now they're trained in ministry, getting more youth ministry than I got. At five years of college, (laughs) you know, they've got youth ministry training. But then there's those that get this sense they're younger and they say, wow, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to get a degree in this. So we have now uh, relationships with schools, uh, many of our schools, that these students can then take this as an on-ramp and then transfer into our schools Mm -hmm. and actually get the credit that they're taking. So, So academic excellence is huge. So we've worked with the National Office of the Assemblies of God. We sat down with... Donna Barrett and her team, and we've uh, uh, we've analyzed the program. In fact, our pastoral studies track just in June was approved as meeting licensing level credentialing. Yeah. Come on, that's, that's huge. huge. That's, that's crazy. Huge. Now we're able to partner with adult and teen challenges and and schools of discipleship that want yeah, to have a, a high level uh, academic stuff. So we are super excited about those. So those are those three things, Todd, that are really important mm-hmm. to us that yeah. I don't think will ever go away. Yeah, and then your other three little mantra is anytime. Well, we say anytime, anywhere. Anytime, anywhere. We've had students that are, uh, this one student, he, 
he worked at an adolescent jail, basically, all night. So he did all of his work at night, you know? Oh, wow. So, so they, it can be anytime, anywhere. Now, our classes are 12 weeks long. And so we say anytime, anywhere, but it's kind of within that week you're walking through with a, with mm-hmm. a cohort. Um, but, uh, yeah, anytime, anywhere. Uh, we're going to see people all over the world taking this. That sense mm. of call to ministry. So here we are on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 as we're recording this. Mm. Um, And so this fall semester starts like in a week and a half or whatever. So Mm -hmm. if someone hears this interview in a few days, um, are they able to jump in like right now? They really can. Okay. And so they go where to do that? If they go to the ministrystudiesonline.com. Okay. The website, they'll see a thing. They'll say apply now, and there's no. We don't charge a fee for you to apply. It always drove me nuts with schools. Like, <laughs> we're going to charge you a fee to ask if you can come. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a free application. Go ahead and fill out that. It's just like a long page, um, <clears throat> and that'll start the ball rolling. And you could be taking classes on September 20th and be on your way to ministry awesome. training. That's awesome. Yeah, and I have the privilege of uh, teaching the theology of worship course, which That's you right. came. To the Twin Cities here right. to record. Yeah. We did uh, 11 teachings <laughs> on a Friday night and all day Saturday yes. in a fireside room with mm. uh, uh, live people in the room, yeah. interactive. And, um, and uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be teaching this fall. Yeah. With that, uh, with that video series. So yeah. it's, it's awesome, mm. awesome, awesome stuff. That's awesome. That's so cool hearing you flesh that out. That is really sweet. I uh, that's exciting, uh, and the fact that it's just like with credentialing, I'm I'm just so excited. And it's just seeing you do what you're doing, and like I love it. I'm getting excited just hearing all about it. Well, I'd like to bring on uh, a special guest that we have. He's kind of the honorary member of our podcast, and I think he could probably benefit from your courses, Uncle Phil. So, uh, <laughs> Phil Baker, you're on with Billy Bob McCall. <laughs> Bill. Yeah, Billy Bob. What's Bill, happening? Bill Baker. <laughs> oh man, I mean, Bill, I haven't talked to you since since the Marshalls had me come out for the first time there in New York. Man, that's got to be like almost twenty years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh man, good to hear your voice, my friend. Well, how you been doing there, Billy Bob? I'm it's been great. You busy. I'm great. Matter of fact, you know, I know a thing or two about thing or two. For example, you know, we don't, you and I, we don't live all that far apart. You know, you're down there close to the Ozarks and I'm like right in the heart of them. You couldn't even find me if you tried. But I come out once in a while. You and I, we just need to get together. Hey, we, we go fishing. We can go fishing, Billy Bob. I could show you some fishing that would light up your life, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Say, you know, I know a thing or two about a thing or two, like I said. (laughs) And I know, you know, you've worked with our mutual friend, Todd Marshall, you know, in a deeper way than I have. I mean, I work with him more like a friend when he has me in for special events and things. (laughs) But, man, you worked with the guy. You worked, and I just... I just, I would just love it if you could just, you know, share with the listeners here. You know, you got any, got any dirt? Come on, come on. You got any dirt you can say on our mutual friend side of working with him? What do you, you got anything? I know you're quick at thinking on your feet. You got anything there? Well, I tell you what, there's something that, that Pastor Todd, your friend and my friend, uh, every staff meeting, we would spend about 15 minutes talking about Something very, very important. The whole staff, the whole pastoral staff, we would spend about 15 minutes, and your friend and mine, Pastor Todd, would be the instigator of this, and it was the temperature in the sanctuary. No kidding. I'm like, isn't there a thermometer? Can't we just set the thermostat and do it? No, no, no. I think it was a degree or two hotter in the second service. We would spend, no kidding, 15 minutes. Oh, man. That's Pastor Todd. That sounds like him. That sounds like him. If you ever happen to your house, Billy Bob, or wherever you live, your trailer or your van down by the river, I've never been to your place, but wherever you do live, make sure you have the temperature of the room set just perfect. Well, 
as I heard you mention earlier, he is a man of detail. He's a man of detail. And hey, I mean, you know, I mean, I see his point. I mean, the people got to be comfortable if they're going to, you know, receive all it is for them to receive. You know, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know he was always blessed to be able to actually be on staff with you those times. And I loved it the times I came to. To, to be there. Well, maybe just, we need to have him down to the Ozarks with us. We could go fishing together, the three of us. Oh. Maybe have lunch in your trailer. That would be awesome. <laughs> it's been so long since he's been down down here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get it on the calendar. Okay. Let's get it on the calendar. Well, good to talk to you, my friend. So excited what's going on with you and M. It's oh, so excited, so excited. Come on, people. Check it out, ministrystudiesonline.com. <laughs> Thanks, Billy Bob. Hey, maybe there's a chance for us to get uh, an educated Billy Bob here in the future. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty... We could have an Ozark track. We'll just get a ministry track, yeah. Let's try I don't to... know if there's much chance in that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Dr. Billy Bob, then I realized that was a stretch. So I think <laughs> maybe we'll start with one course. Well, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, been so much fun having you here in the room mm-hmm. and uh, hearing all here. about what you're doing. It's been a blast. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Hey, it's great to be here. Love you guys. Love you. Watching what God's doing in your lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, just who knows what he has for the future, right? This yep. is so exciting. I That's I so... still remember taking Josiah. Josiah and I got to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm. 10 right, years ago now, right, in 2011. Right. Wow. And, uh, and afterwards, we had we had lunch with several of the missionaries there. And I wanted to sit by this one missionary, statesman Ron Hansen. And he had been a missionary for 40 plus years in Africa. And I said to Josiah at lunch, I want to sit at his table. And he just told a story after story <laughs> of being in the jungle, shooting an elephant and saving a village. Because if the elephant comes through and destroys their crops, they're, they don't have food. Mm. You know, and he was, you know, mm. and he's telling these and Josiah's eyes are huge. And I remember as we were leaving, I said, Josiah. Isn't serving the Lord boring? He's <laughs> like, no, Dad, this is awesome. You know, wow. it's just the only way to go. Love mm-hmm. God, stay in relationship with God, maintain those relationships with people around mm-hmm. you, and you're yeah. going to see an incredible story unfold. Yeah. That is crazy to think 10 years ago where all three of us were. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were still in Long Island. Yep. This wasn't a thing yet, and it, that is so cool to think where we're going to be 10 years from now. Yeah. So, yep. Amazing. Wow. Well, thank you, my friend, and I'll talk to you Thursday morning. Sounds good. Okay. See you then, Tom. Right, sweet. To find out more about Phil's ministry, head to ministrystudiesonline.com, and you can click on the link along with our regular links in the show notes to this episode. My name is Phil Baker, and you're listening to the Worship is Life podcast.